You're listening to Hot Takes with Brittany and Travis. Damn, these takes are hot. Oh. Oh, I'm nervous. Welcome back to Hot Takes Podcast. Today on Hot Takes, we have Christine. Christine graduated from Mount Royal University in 2016 with a bachelor's in psychology and a minor in business. She worked in retail, the service industry, and at Uber until she started her blog, For the Love of Sea, in 2017. For the Love of Sea led her to begin her journey into starting her own wardrobe revival business in January 2020 and then into self-love coaching in 2021. Christine volunteered to teach English and to work with elephants in Cambodia. She can juggle, and her favorite music genre is soca. So welcome, Christine. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being on the cast. So to start us off, in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about Wardrobe Revival, what it is, what first piqued your interest in starting your own business, especially in Wardrobe Revival? Kind of give us the background on that. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can. Okay. So where does it all begin? Um, really when I was younger, my mom would always call me into her room anytime she needed to put an outfit together for something. And she was always going to something. It was like a, um, baptism, a wedding, uh, some sort of event she needed to get dressed for. And she would call me into her room and be like, okay, we need to figure out an outfit. So that's how it really started of practicing utilizing your closet to make outfits with stuff that you already have. So as I got older, I started to do it for myself. When I got tired of my closet, I would play in it. And then I would take pictures of the outfits that I would make and save like a little album on my computer called Outfits. And I'd use it as like a magazine so that I could remember what I had made. Um, And people would always compliment like, wow, like I can't believe you thought to put this together with this. I would have never thought of that. How do you like think of these layering things? Um, so I knew I was good at it, not to pump my own tires, but like may as well pump them. Um, and then, um, with psychology as my education, people would always ask me like, oh, so you want to be a psychologist? And I was like, absolutely not. Never. No. Um, but I did want to combine some sort of like psychology background with my passion for fashion, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. So as time went on and this thought marinated of how I was going to do this, I specifically remember I was sitting outside um, on my parents' patio trying to think of a name of like what this would be. And I was messaging Alex different ideas and he would be like, oh, you know, like my first one was closet edit. He's like, yeah, like closet edit is fine, but like it doesn't really capture like what you actually do. I was like, yeah, that's true. And then finally it was like, what about wardrobe revival? And it was like, oh, wardrobe revival, that's the one. Like we just like, absolutely. So I made business cards right away. And then I just started talking to some friends um, who were interested. So basically what wardrobe revival is, is a restructure, reorganize of someone's closet space. We purge out 
clothing that's no longer serving. So whether it doesn't, it's a color that washes you out or it doesn't suit your body shape. Or I find a lot of times like a a person will put a piece of clothing on and they're like, like, it's okay. It's, it's this, it's that. And I'm like, just get rid of it. It's you're not shining in that piece of clothing. There's no reason it should be taking up space. So really decluttering what's no longer, no longer serving. And then, um, reorganizing so it's nice and fresh and then coming back into the closet space and making outfits out of the clothing that my clients already own. And I've made anywhere between like 50 to a hundred outfits for a client. Um, it's so much fun and it's so empowering because not only is the message like you are enough, what you own is enough. It's just taking a different look at what you have, like seeing it in new eyes Um, so people don't think, oh, you know, that concept of I need to buy more. I need to keep like, keep up with the Joneses. I need to continue like getting new stuff in order to be worthy of feeling fashionable. It's the complete opposite concept. Yeah. That's wardrobe revival. So it's, it's such a unique niche that you've settled in with this wardrobe revival. Have you encountered anyone else that's doing a similar thing or is this, are you the only person in this space? That's a great question. I think, um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the only person in this space. I think, however, with that being said, what differentiates me is a lot of wardrobe stylists will say, okay, this is your closet this is what you're missing. Let's go shopping and do it that way. Whereas for me, I'll give you a shopping list, but I'm not going to encourage you to buy new things. I would rather utilize what you have. Um, So it's, it's in the same ballpark, but I definitely have a different element to what I do. And there's a whole other level of the self-love coaching aspect of it as well. So it's, it's like, yeah, like I said, it's in the same ballpark, but it's, it's different. So you mentioned the self-love coaching. So your, has your business evolved into self-love coaching and now you do that as kind of like a package deal or is that something you've always wanted to do or, or like how did that aspect of the business come about? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been thinking about doing self-love coaching for years and I just didn't feel ready. I, w- I wanted to focus completely on wardrobe revival and get that going. And then I'm very much a, I know people say like, you're, there's never going to be a right time. You're never ready, but I know when I'm ready to jump into the next level of things. I have like a whole lot of stuff going on in the back of my mind, but I'm not going to pull the trigger unless I know I'm there. So self-love coaching was a thing for years in my mind. And it was, I was hesitant because I was like, well, what's a coach? Like, what does that even mean? Can anyone call themselves a coach? Do I have to go back to school? Like, I just wasn't sure. And then I actually, in January, hired a business coach for my own self. And that was when I was like, oh, this is what coaching looks like. This is how I can make it work for myself. And then in, I think it was March, I pulled the trigger. I call it my self-love coaching promotion, even though I gave it to myself. (laughs) It's whatever. Um, But yeah, I pulled the trigger in March. And it's funny because wardrobe revival last year, there was an element where when I bring on a new client, I ask them questions about body image, about how they talk to themselves, about um, any insecurities they're experiencing within their body. And that self-love element was always 
involved, but it wasn't refined enough for me to be able to emphasize it more than I was. Now, where I'm at is I have three packages available for wardrobe revival. One of the packages does incorporate coaching if a client wants that. But then there's also the other coaching aspect of my business where I have separate coaching packages to offer in addition to wardrobe revival. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I love yes. that you gave yeah. yourself a self-love promotion because I think that's very on brand with your entire message. <laughs> you know, yes. You got to love yourself first. So that that's amazing. And yes. how do you typically attract these these clients? So you have two very unique, um, new unique concepts and, and businesses that I don't think most people that are going to be listening to this podcast are familiar with. So you have the self-love coaching and the wardrobe revival. So like, what is the average demographic of people you're looking for and how do you attract them to your business? Oh, such a good question. So it's really funny. I've wrestled with this question for a while about the demographic because I feel like with business, a lot of people think about that question in a really traditional sense of like, what's your age range? And for me, it's more like my work is for people who genuinely want to learn how to love themselves more. So whether that's someone in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 40s, 30s, it doesn't really matter. But if you're looking for someone to give you surface level fashion advice, I'm not the person that you want to work with. So you people that are attracted to my work are people that are willing to look into different levels of fashion of body image of self-talk like we're looking at a, a package here it's it's not the surface level work so i mean i've had um 20 year old clients 30 40 50 60 year old clients like it goes all over right it's just more about preference um and it's been really interesting travis because lately clients have been finding me so I don't really know what I'm doing to get them right now. Um, but I think really what it is, is the more that what I'm finding is the more that I put my voice and myself out there, the more people just kind of show up like they come out of the woodwork. Um, but I'm very much like an energy universe, spiritual kind of person. So I feel like when the more that I put out, the more that I attract. So that's kind of how I'm seeing it at this point. But if you're asking if your next question is going to be, well, how do you intend on finding clients? I don't know. I have no idea yet. <laughs> I don't know. You're just going, going with the flow. I think it's exactly um, like talking about the self-love and like with the fashion and everything. I actually had a friend who did her master's at Parsons in New York. And wow. she had a, psych, a bachelor's of psychology as well. And like, that's like kind of what she based her whole uh, master's on at Parsons is like how fashion has effect on like mental. Yes. How like it's mental effect on people. So it was like hers was more centered on like kind of like the um, like sexual assault. Yeah, like demographic there, like yeah. and stuff. But it was just like interesting. So I think you're kind of ahead of the curve. Where they're like really leaning into now. It's not like so much a uh, surface level thing. Fashion, like it goes a lot deeper into the psychology yes. of it. So I think you're definitely ahead of the curve in that respect. Oh, thanks, Britt. Like honestly, it's like it's a huge thing. Like 
now, like I know growing up, I would always be like, I'm trying to fit into these clothes. And now I like try to reframe it as like, these clothes are made to fit me, not the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've heard it so much before of like, look good, feel good. And I think even that phrase is surface level. Because mm-hmm. I think it communicates this message of like, well, just put new clothes on. You're going to feel great. And like, yeah, you probably will. But for how long? Right. Mm-hmm. So when you go out and you buy new things, they're new for a week, a month, whatever it may be. And then you're back into that rut of like, oh, I have nothing to wear. I hate everything. I hate my body. And you're going down this like terrible path. Right. So if you start to reframe the way that you look at what you already own, the gratitude is there and you're cup is fuller than if you were bringing in new items to temporarily band-aid inner turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. So do you find that if you, cause you might run into the same issue if you, you know, redo your whole wardrobe, find all these different looks, are you eventually going to get exhausted of those looks as well and need to, to branch into new clothes? Is that an issue that you run into? Okay. Yes. So I'll be perfectly honest um, in my own wardrobe. So recently I realized that my wardrobe just needed an energy reset. Like I had clothes from even high school and just like there were some memories attached to some articles of clothing that like feels icky and it just wasn't in alignment with me anymore. So I'm, I'm a thrifter though. So I went to Value Village and I spent 50 bucks on like seven, six, seven new pieces of clothing. And that was it. Like it was this revamp and I'm like, boom, here we go again. Like I feel refreshed and like, absolutely. There's going to be times where you need to tweak it just like everything else in your life. Right. Like nothing is forever. Um, it's just shifting the, the way you perceive it, um, and appreciate the things that you have. Yeah. I love that. That That's a really good answer. Cause I think that's exactly what it boils down to. Like you could theoretically be happy with your wardrobe all the time. It's just, you tend to get sick of things because you get so used to them. So I think that's a great way of looking at it. And most people aren't going to be, you know, spending 50 bucks on seven different t-shirts, but (laughs) I think taking that gratitude uh, answer out of it, I think that's really useful and applicable to a lot of people. You mentioned before that you you don't know how these clients are finding you or you don't know how to attract them. But I'm not surprised at all that they are finding you because you have a very constant and impressive social media presence. So I assume that's how most people are are hearing about you. Yeah, you're very welcome. I I think we can tell that you put a lot of time into that. So social media has been a a constant topic on our podcast. So we're obviously going to get into it with you because you're very, very active on there. So how do you balance the negativity associated with social media with the necessity of it for growing your business. Listen, Travis, let let me tell you about my social media experience. Okay. (laughs) Please. So it is a love hate relationship. It is more um, peaceful now than it used to be. Um, But that's because I've really put up some boundaries for myself with it. So it's interesting. Okay. So 2017, I launched a blog, right? That was my whole thing was the blog. And up until I would say I started considering launching Wardrobe Revival, Instagram was like the forefront of my mind. 
So what can I post? What should I post today? What should I post next week? And like planning, planning, planning. Um, And I found that when social media took a front seat, it was so consuming and so draining. And there was that comparison trap. And am I doing enough? I don't even have that many followers. Um, What am I doing this for? My likes are going down. It was just this superficial garbage. And then when I started shifting into, okay, actually I'm creating a business now, social media fell to the backseat of being a tool. So instead of being that forefrontal focus, it was just like, okay, I use social media to advertise my business. So it's not, it, it didn't, I mean, in theory, it didn't um, consume me as much, but it still was consuming. Um, so now that I just like continue to grow and shift, um, what my business looks like, I realized that being on social media seven days a week is not good for me. Like I take one, at least one day off a week and usually it's Sunday and I'll post in my story like, Hey, not on today. See you guys on Monday. See you later. And I physically log out of Instagram. Does that mean I don't continuously click the freaking button of Instagram on my phone? No, because but the thing is I'm logged out, right? So I just see the login screen and I'm like, oh, Christine, close it. Like you're not on today. And I'll do that even if I am on sometimes. Like when I post something and I find myself constantly checking the app to see if someone's commented or to see if someone shared or whatever, whatever, I log out. Cause I can, I recognize now, like you're getting sucked into this consuming world that doesn't even really matter. Just close it. Um, but on the flip side, social media has allowed me to meet so many incredible people and maintain relationships with people that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So I'm incredibly grateful for the platform. Um, and also I'm really grateful to be able to express myself in a way that I wouldn't be able to do so without social media. So the reason I even launched for the love of C was because I wanted to make a name for myself on my own terms. And that's really where social media shined because it's my corner of the internet. I run it and my voice is behind it. Um, It's a blessing and a curse. So I'm still, I'm still finding the groove. Honestly, I'm still finding like I haven't posted this week and I found myself earlier today being like, oh, like I, what am I going to post this week? You know, like according to my grid, it, it shouldn't be a picture of me. It should be a quote because that's how like my layout looks better. And just it's consuming nonetheless. But um, my key piece of takeaway advice is log out <laughs> as much as you can because your sanity needs it. So most people listening to this podcast aren't going to be you know, the ones that are on social media posting seven days a week. So when you find you take that day off, which I think is a great tip, do you get pushback from fans? Like, do they start to rely on needing this content every day once you get to having, you know, X amount of dedicated followers? It's, that's a really great question. It's been the opposite. So I've had people reach out to me and be like, wow, be like, I love seeing you sign out because it tells me that I can do it too. So instead of people being like, well, why aren't you at my like fingertips 24 seven? It's more people being like, wow, like Christine logs out. So, I mean, it should be something that everyone can do and Mm -hmm. separate themselves more from the app. 
Um, I mean, if it comes down to the fact that followers get mad at me because I'm not online, they are not my followers. Like I will remove you from my corner of the internet. No, because these are my boundaries. Like it's your Mm -hmm. business. It's your corner of the internet. You have to run it in a way that's best for you. Totally a sustainable way, right? Especially if that's like your main platform that you're using. Exactly. And that's that's the key I find to being consistent and having that stability is knowing your limitations. It is definitely like I see all the reels you put up and stuff and I'm like, I'm like, girl, get it. Like you do <laughs> such a good job. Like I'm so impressed every single time. I'm like, how you have the energy, the time. I'm like, oof. Good work, oh, Christine. <laughs> thank you. Honestly, Britt, it's it's one day that I choose and I'm like, I'm filming stuff today. And it's just a full day of filming. And then on the other, like on the opposite side of the screen, it looks like, oh, she's coming up with all these like different things on different days. No, 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 no. Those are pre-recorded <laughs> items. Um, but I love making videos. I always have. And I love editing them. That's something that's like been a thing for me since like high school, I want to say. So um, when Reel started coming out, I got really excited because it was easier for me to post my videos on a reel versus the feed before reels existed. Mm-hmm. It was just like this oh, go Instagram upgrading their, their user satisfaction. We love it. Yeah. yeah. This is great. So on the topic of those reels, yeah, those, the videos you make where you change the outfits and it's like, it reminds me of those mm-hmm. like Katy Perry dress changes when she like lifts it up <laughs> and it just disappears. Yes. How long does one of those videos actually take you to make? Oh, uh, I want to say 45 minutes to an hour. Wow, that's impressive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, because I pre-plan the outfits ahead of time. I mean, that shouldn't be a shock. Um, <laughs> but I pre-plan all my outfits. And then really all it is, is doing a thing. And then what I'll do is take a piece of tape and mark my, where my foot was. And then I'll change. And then I'll put my foot back on the tape and try to remember what the first pose was and then I just like continue it right it's it's honestly not that hard it's really not I think the most impressive part is coming up with the things you've (laughs) laid you gotta play music in the background and just like get into it that's the key yeah on on music you also have one of the most (laughs) rare tastes for music of any person (laughs) I've encountered you called it soca which I haven't heard of. So can you describe what type of music that is? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Soka is originally from Trinidad and Tobago. So it's Caribbean music. Um, Yeah, it is just, oh, like when you listen to it, you can't help but smile. You can't help but move. It just like feels like my own vibration in music. And I am obsessed. Like I'm just in love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it definitely goes with the videos very well. I think it helps you get I know. those those moves that you do. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's it's so funny cuz both myself and Alex don't really listen to mainstream music, but even our own tastes are so opposite. It's just like an appreciation like I can appreciate that he enjoys like alternative and country and he can appreciate that I like soca and dancehall. Like it's it's a nice appreciation. Yeah, so on on Alex, I think you do have that yin-yang balance. And I hate to bring it back to social media, but longtime viewers of the cast will know that Alex was previously on our episode and you and Alex are dating. Yes. And he's an 
adamant anti-social media person. <laughs> And sure you are is. you are quite the opposite, whether or not that's that's for your business or you just enjoy the aspect of it, which I think it's a bit of both. But it how do you balance that when when there's someone that's on social media all day long in yourself making these videos and someone who's just got a pure hatred for it? <laughs> that's funny you say all day long because um, I'm not. I'm not on it all day long. I'm really not. Um Cause I like my videos are either pre-done or they're planned or even my stories, like things are, you have to plan in order to be consistent. You have to have your plan. Um, but I think really what it all comes down to is the fact that we have a very deep respect for one another. So he understands like, okay, yeah, Christine's doing a social media thing, like go do your thing. Um, and I can appreciate the fact that he's not on it. It's actually quite nice for me that he's not on it. Um, and the reason I say that is because in past relationships, I've posted things and share things. And then I get this, like, it was just weird feedback of like, oh, I saw this on social media today. And I'm like, yeah, like, what do you even care kind of thing? Um, so I feel like him not even being on it has given me like total, this is my space, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool for me. I mean, I show him all of my stuff regardless. And he's like, oh, wow, that was a fun little spin. Or like he'll give me his little comments. So it's so cute. Um, but yeah, honestly, really, it's just it's just the respect of like, this is something that I enjoy and something that I have to do for my business as well. But it's okay that you don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of nice too. It like gives you your own kind of like avenue. Like I find like yeah. couples that have been in a relationship for so long and they start living together, you just like start like, your lives intertwine so much compared to like if you were living apart. So it's like kind of nice yeah. like having those two like separate spaces to be like, this is like kind of my zone. And then like you have your own and then you can keep you know, the individuality between it. Yes. So it's, it's, yeah. It's, nice. Sorry. I love when you post Alex on there, like once in a blue moon, I'm like, it's like seeing Bigfoot. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I know I don't really share him on there it's like I have a personal um, Instagram account as well as my business account and my personal account is private it's very like low-key and that's where I'll share more of like my cat Donnie always and Alex Um, yeah I just like having that separation Mm -hmm. so every once in a blue moon just as you said like he'll show up on my business account but I don't It'll be like one of those blurry pictures. Him yeah, running. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I always get his approval too. I'm like, I'll show him be like, can I post this? Because it's important, right? Like when you're dealing with someone that doesn't like having a social media presence, it comes down to that respect again. Like I, I'm not just going to, oh, here's Alex's face all over the place. Like it's, yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't seem fair. But yeah, that's so funny. You'll have to come over, Christine, and do a wardrobe revival for Garth. Garth will be like the easiest client of all time. I would love nothing more. I honestly just started working with men um, and my first male client, he was really excited about working together, but it was so cute because he was like, oh yeah, you know, I thought of putting this and this together, but I never did it because I just didn't think anyone would like it. And there's me, of course, the cheerleader being like, yes, put it on. It looks so good. And he gets so hyped up, like seeing him get excited about his clothes and his outfits was so cool. It was really cool. So we definitely have to do it with Garth. Travis, you're up too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, are you trying to venture into doing these revivals for men? Is that a space you're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it wasn't originally because I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I just don't care about men's fashion. <laughs> I just don't. It's boring. It's like you put a shirt and pants together. Like, wow. Um, like women's fashion is so much more fun, but I mean, why shouldn't men have this experience as well? You know? So it's definitely available for men as well. What do you think? I want to get your take on kind of the Harry Styles Vogue stuff where he's in like the pearls and the skirts and everything. What is like your professional fashion use? Oh, we love, we love, we love, we love, we love it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know why Harry Styles is blowing up because of this style. He's not the first to do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why there's been so much hype about Harry Styles in particular. Is it because do you think he's like heterosexual? I guess Prince. Prince probably been? yeah i think like, prince wasn't i don't know i don't know. i can't <laughs> speak to question Prince's, mark. Um, sexuality yeah. but um i don't that's a really good question of like why he's getting so much attention i think it has to do with the fact that he's yeah like a white heterosexual male and people were like whoa groundbreaking when really it's not not that groundbreaking but we still love it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i really like enjoy like watching like having two sons and seeing like men kind of like coming out and like having this confidence yes. to like wear like not traditionally like masculine uh, things is so nice. Like it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Like when they're growing up, in case like they want to wear something like kind of kooky or anything, it's yes. has that comfort and knowing like that it's like, more accepted. It is really cool, and I think exactly like that's the beauty of fashion. Like it should be subjective it should be like not everyone's supposed to like everything just stick Mm -hmm. to what brings you joy um yeah I I just think it's it's cool for for young guys to see as well yeah it is cool Mm -hmm. I especially like now having children I like look at a lot of stuff and like they're always saying like toys don't have gender like clothes don't have gender and I'm like it's us that give them the gender so it's like (laughs) Travis is like "Ah." That's my hot take. Clothes <laughs> hey. don't have gender. I love like, it. So, and that's like what I've been trying to really instill with the boys. I'm like, yeah, if you want that pink tracksuit, sure. Like, you want those Hell glitter yeah. sequins? All right. Sounds good. Love it. So, yes. yeah, I I think that's like a great step that kind of fashion is taking. And again, that ties into kind of the psychology background of things. Travis, what do you think of that? <laughs> Well, we see you rocking yeah, it, Lisa's it, <laughs> dresses. <and laughs> I don't disagree that it's clothes shouldn't have gender, but unfortunately, I think they do. But yeah, oh, for I, sure they do. I think that they shouldn't. And it reminds me of uh, you two have probably watched Queer Eye. It's super popular, and there's the the fellow on there, Anthony. And I, I had a, a really hard time relating to him. I just thought he was a fairly unlikable. Um, but really? then he, he shared this story where he's like. Well, I just I felt like he just he didn't fit the stereotype of like getting picked on like the other guys did. Like they all had these real sob mm-hmm. stories and I just couldn't see it from him. And then like one of the later seasons, he mentioned that, you know, I I used to wear like skirts and or maybe he still does. I think he still does. But he said I like I'd wear these skirts and then I would get really attacked 
because that's I feel comfortable in them, but like society's not ready for for men to be donning these skirts. And yeah. I think we we do need to move into that. And it really did make me feel for him because you should be able to wear whatever you want if that's what you're comfortable in. So yeah, that that's a hot take, Brittany, but I, I think there I kind know. of agree with you. I think yeah. it should be genderless. Absolutely. We support the hot take. Honestly, <laughs> like I think about it so much. It'll be interesting, especially with more kind of mainstream um like males coming through that that aren't gay and and they're just like doing what they want because like for a long time like gay individuals and like there's drag and like all these like celebrations of just like clothing and fashion in general so it's kind of nice to see like more like uh mainstream people like celebrating for He's sure. Like, it's just like enjoying fashion, like wearing things that make you look good, like very similar to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Five hours later. So you mentioned you had your, your first male client. And yes. you said that he seems very shy about, you know, wearing, trying these new things together. So how much importance do you place on the actual clothes versus just owning what you're wearing? I think honestly, what it is more is learning different ways to wear your clothing. So for example, I'm going to talk in women's fashion for, for just a minute, but a dress, right? So a lot of women look at a dress and see a dress. I look at a dress and I see a potential top, a potential skirt, a dress, an underdress, like you could put a vest on it. Like there's so many different ways that you can use it, but you would have never thought of that. So with my guy client, he had like this one shirt, right? It was so freaking cute. It was like a floral Navy shirt. And I was shocked he even had it. I got so excited. And he was like, Oh yeah, I just wore, this is like more of my vacation shirt. I just wear it on vacations for when I'm not like in the city. And I was like, why? And he just kind of looked at me like, oh, I have no idea. And I'm like, yeah, put that shirt with your green pants, your tan pants, your other denim, your distress this. And he was like, oh, my God, I can actually wear it in different ways. So I think the problem really is that I'm trying to solve is people look at their things only in one frame of mind. And having someone new come into your closet space with you gives you this like whole new way to perceive the clothing that you own. There's absolutely a level of self-love and confidence in there. But I think when you're having someone give you that space and permission to try it, that's when like the confidence really boosts because you're like, oh, oh, okay. I actually can do it. Oh, okay. I actually do have good clothing. It's not that I don't have anything to wear. I just never thought of wearing it in different ways. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that people, like, when you go into their closets, they just genuinely don't have anything good? Or is there always something to salvage out of their closet? Always. Always something to salvage. Always, always, always. And it's funny because what a lot of people will do is like, oh, I've had this for so long. This is old. I've had it for so long. And I'm like, so? so? What does that even mean? Like, is, is it still in good shape? Is it still make you, making you feel confident? Does it still feel like really nice on your skin? Is it empowering to you to have? Like, who gives a shit if it's old? What does that even mean? Um, but because I'm seeing it for like in a different pair of eyes, I don't see that it's old. So I don't think of it in that sense. And I can help break those 
barriers of someone's own um, perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like going to like when you try something on with like a friend and you're like, want yes. their opinion? And then they're yes. like, that looks so good. And you're like, weren't really sure. And then they're like, no, they kind of give you that like affirmation. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Really good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then what I actually do is make a whole list of the outfits we create together. Cause I would never expect my client to remember everything that we put together. Um, so it's super fun after working together, getting all these pictures from clients being like, Oh, this is me in that outfit. I love it. I've gotten so many compliments. Um, and it, it's just a really feel good business. My business is, is a feel good, um, environment for sure. For sure. You, it sounds like you've found what you want to do with, I don't know about the rest of your life, but at least with your professional career at this point. And that's another very yeah. common theme on our podcast is people our age seem to be going through, we've, we've dubbed it the, the quarter life crisis. So do you feel like you've found the path that you want to be on and you've kind of navigated this whole quarter life crisis yourself? Or where do you find yourself on that, um, that whole journey? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. This is, uh, this is my career, um, for sure. But the road to get here, my friend, Oh Lord, (laughs) it was, um, it was a road and a half. Um, and it was really interesting. So I had a sales job that I was doing, um, for about six months and I got let go at the end of January this year. And I was, I'm going to say maybe in October, November, I'm sitting at this sales job and like my eyes are on the computer screen of that job and my brain is in for the love of C. And it was this inner like scream of like, Christine, you're never going to be happy unless you focus solely on your own business. Like it's time to take your business and make it a full-time gig. And it was like, oh God, like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, I just don't, no, I can't do that. That's crazy. So I talked to Alex about it and um, I mentioned, you know, I think I want to become a self-love coach. And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what you should be doing. It was like, I know this is like, this is something I should have done a long time ago. Um, And then I also mentioned like, but I, I want to do this the right way. Like, I just don't want to, you know, stumble through this process of building my business. I want to do it properly. So I decided I wanted to hire a business coach and I'll share with you guys. This is kind of a low key secret, but we're, um, we're in a place now that I can share. So on, um, okay. So imagine I had like a storefront, right? So on June 12th of this year is the day that my storefront doors open. So I'm like pulling the gun on like officially self-employed and I'm setting myself up now for June 12th to be able to like open those doors. So I'm revamping my website. I'm restructuring my packages. I'm redoing like everything. Like I am working to build a rock solid foundation for my business business to grow on. So that is, that is what's happening now. Um, but yeah, there was lots of years in retail. There was lots of years in serving. Um, and re- like it, it came down to this knowing of my happiness in my career will only be solidified when I'm working on my own business. 
I think that's so relatable to so many people. There's a lot to unpack there. So let's, let's, uh, let's give her our best whack. Let's get to it. (laughs) But I think that your story you shared where you're, you're, you're watching your screen and and you're internally screaming that you need to start your own thing is, is so relatable to so many people. But what's unique about you is that as I've grown to know you, you know, a lot of people, they say, you know, I'm starting my business and I want to go focus on this and I'm going to do it next year. And then you talk to them again and it's like, okay, it's been a year from now. They want to, it's, they're saying they want to do it in six months or eight months or another year. And what's yeah. different about you is that every time I talk to you, it was instead of a year, it's now, oh, I want to do it in six months. And then I talk to you again, you're yeah. like, oh, I want to do it in two months. And then <laughs> talk to you again, and you've quit your job and you're like already fully into it. I think, <laughs> yes. I think that's so amazing. And I'm also extremely honored that you've, you've announced your unveiling of June 12th yes. on our podcast to our massive audience. Boom. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> we hit 100 people today. So huge yeah. milestones for both of us. <laughs> but could you explain a little bit more like what you're actually doing? So is that a, a physical unveiling or just explain a little bit more like what's actually happening on June 12th? Yeah. So a celebration, my friend, a celebration. There will be drinks. There will be dancing. Um, but what I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lots of it. Um, but basically on June 12th, I'm just going to announce like I am officially self-employed. Um, and for like on the back end, what that means is that because I'm redoing everything, like all the things that you want to put off and like worry about later, I'm doing them now because on June 12th, I want to be able to have new clients come in and I got them like, it's, I know exactly the process they're going to flow into. I know exactly the forms I'm going to send to them. I know my process. I know my prices, every, like it's set, it's ready to go. Um, so that's June 12th. Like I'm not my, there's nothing about self-love coaching on my website right now. So I'm redoing the whole thing. And like, I haven't even started yet, guys. Have you made a website ever before, either of you? (laughs) Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Hire someone. (laughs) No, I can't. I don't want to. Like, that's another thing about myself is like, I really want to do these things by myself so that I know how to do them. So that when the time comes that I can't afford to hire someone, I know if they're bullshitting me. Mm -hmm. Um. But also it's interesting. I have a girlfriend of mine who said that she hired someone to do her website and she was not able to change a single thing. So like in a couple of months, if I want to change a wording or if I want to add something new, I wouldn't be able to do that. So that's another reason why I'm like, I'm going to take this, uh, this job on my own and, uh, please pray for me and my sanity. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to do that soon. The due date for that is the end of May, so we'll see if I actually do do hit that, but ah, figure it I'm out. For you all. Yeah. This is so exciting. I am so excited and it's I don't know, it's it's interesting because the place that I'm in now is this big excitement. Like every time someone asks, you know, how's your business? I I get so excited and I light up and I ask my friends like, oh, how are things going with you and your career? It's usually like, I hate my job and I'm really (laughs) unhappy. And of course, I'm the friend that's like, quit, leave, run, just leave. Um, I mean, obviously not everyone can do that, but that's always my um, piece of advice for people that don't like their job. Um, But uh, yeah, a piece of me starts to feel like, oh, like, should I not show my excitement as much? Because a lot of people are not in that same 
cool, exciting place that I'm in. But then at the same time, I'm like, this is where I'm at and I'm proud of it. So here you are. I think it could almost help motivate as well. Like if someone's like, wow, look at the like satisfaction and like growth and like just like the whole package of just like glowing. It's like, I want that. I want a little piece of that pie. Oh, that's true too. I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Like I know my dad's been self-employed for 10 years. Like he's owned his own business for 10 years. And like he is so happy and like wouldn't change a single thing. Like he absolutely loves it. So definitely amazing it's it's so inspiring because like I know myself and I could never like my and maybe because my business ideas are awful like I told Garth we should start a restaurant that only serves like fear factor food and he was like that is the worst idea ever I will not be coming to your restaurant yeah I'll support you he's like ah I was like it'd be good and I like eat really gross things and he's like what so that's it takes it's amazing. It's absolutely like very inspiring. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's like no one steal my fear factor idea. No, oh my God. No, absolutely not. Absolutely Thankfully, not. we went with your podcast idea instead of the fear yeah, factor restaurant. Not my fear factor restaurant looking for investors. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone's interested. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So we're, we're almost going to get you out of here, Christine, but we have to ask you a couple of things. So number one, where can people find you if they are interested in your business or want to just get in contact and learn more about you? Yes. Yeah, so my Instagram handle is for the love of period C. I wanted it without the period, but someone had it already. We'll talk about that um, <laughs> offline. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where I'm at on Instagram or you can find me at fortheloveofc.com online. Um, you can reach me by email, whatever is easier, easiest for you guys. I'm in the process of getting registered on Google right now. So that'll be available too. Um, yeah. Great. And then I know you've been cooking up a, a hot take for us as well. So oh, no. we'll end on something exciting. So could you share your hot take? <laughs> sure. Okay. So my hot take is that I don't believe that there's such thing as old, like being old. Do I don't. Mean? Travis? Like, <laughs> like, you know how people are like, oh, like I'm so old. I'm old. I'm so old. Um, I just don't believe that that's like a thing. I don't believe old is a thing. Like your mind isn't old but like your body can get old or it's just like your body's not old your mind's not old you're just like that's how you are Ooh, that's a good question <laughs> uh i wasn't prepared for that um i feel like okay okay let me rephrase so i feel like you know in the sense of people use that word in like a negative connotation to be like mm. oh i'm turning i'm turning 30 and i'm so old and like what have i done with my life and i'm just old and everything sucks because i'm old Okay, I've definitely been like that. Like before all the restaurants shut down, we went to craft and I was like feeling so bold because I was wearing these leather white boots. Yes. And I'm like, I'm an old lady. I had two kids. Like I don't go out. And this like young girl came up to me in the bathroom and she's like, your outfit and your boots are so cute. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not old. Yes. See? Yes. Exactly. I exactly. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Just that mm-hmm. like framework of thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I completely disagree with you. I knew you were going to. <laughs> I knew you were going to. <laughs> I agree that there is a mentality that comes with being old, but it's a certain threshold. You know, you can be 30 and feel like you're 25 or 20 or 16, but 
I don't know that you can be 90 and, and feel like you're 20. Okay. I don't even think your so brain like, could handle the thoughts hey, of a 20-year-old. Um, have you seen who Hugh Hefner? Like, he was living it up in the mansion. He was Thank you, Brady. Like, and and what you. happened to him? He died because he, he got have- old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, no, no, no. But like, he died like, like a 20-year-old <laughs> surrounded by the veins of the Playboy mansion. Listen, like physically, yes, you like you get old. There is such thing as old age. I'm not disputing that. But like, I feel like you don't have the right to say you're old until you're like 80. Okay, that's fair. I agree with that. Too. Yeah? yeah. 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 Okay. That's my take. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's there's not a good that I don't believe in old age. Totally. Yeah. I think the, the takeaway from that is that you should just always feel your best. And that totally mm-hmm. has so many parallels to your own business. So that, that's a yeah. great take. Um, that's a great wrong take. But <laughs> I think the wording <laughs> needs to be pieced together a little bit better. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll work on it yeah. next time. No problem. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christine. It was a pleasure yeah, interviewing you. you. Oh, thank you for having me. That was so fun. I appreciate it.